0: Today's edition of the Roma Press Podcast, as always, is brought to you by Euro Fantasy League. Go to fantasycdia.com to check out Euro Fantasy League CDI online fantasy football game. And with the Champions League creeping up very slowly, make sure you check out their Champions League game at fantasy-champions-league.com. Again, Euro Fantasy League fantasycdia.com, and fantasy-champions-league.com. Welcome to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano. Hello everyone, welcome back to another edition of the Roma Press Podcast. I'm Roma Press Editor John Solano. So we got a packed episode today. We're going to start out, I'm going to bring Andy on in just a moment here and we will discuss yesterday's victory for Roma, 3-2 over Torino. And then after Andy gets off the line, I'm going to bring on Emre Serigul, who is the editor of turkish-football.com. Emre is a very, 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 very knowledgeable, extremely credible source when it comes to all things Turkish football. And I wanted to have him on to discuss uh, Cengiz Under a little bit. So we did this interview earlier in the week, Otherwise, I would have brought up uh, the injury that he suffered in yesterday's victory. So we didn't get to that. But what we did touch upon was primarily under what he sees in his future, whether it's a move away, whether it's signing a renewal at Roma. So we got into a lot of that with him. So going to bring Andy on now, and then we will hear from Emery right afterwards. So uh, let's get this started. All right, it was Roma 3, Torino 2. Um, Andy, this this match had a little bit of everything. Uh, in my opinion, it had some really poor defending on Roma's behalf. It had, obviously, some good attack play. It had a sensational match from Niccolò Zagnolo. What would you think? Um,
1: I think, yeah, as you said, this was a game that was uh, very... A very Roma game, but at the same time was very unlike Roma to uh, to react the way they did. And um, I also think that it was a match that Roma dominated and actually Torino got, um, well, you could say lucky because those two shots uh, were had some luck in them. Obviously, there was also some terrible defending on our part and Fazio had another um, nightmare. Of a game, but all in all, I I'm satisfied. I'm pleased with what I saw from the players that I expected to perform, and they did. So I'm pleased.
0: Yeah, um, obviously, we'll talk at length about Zaniolo, but the defense for me was a nightmare. <laughs> you mentioned Fazio. We've we've piled on him. We've talked about him at length on this podcast. Everyone knows how we. How we feel about it? I mean, he he's had a really poor season, um, but it's hard for me to watch them like this. I mean, it, they're all out of sorts. Certainly, and and, and you Manchi. know
1: who are, who who we are facing next week?
0: <laughs> mm, that's a good point. Uh, the the man who just <laughs> scored four goals on his own, um, Duvan Zapata, Atalanta.
1: Hey, Atalanta who've scored eleven goals in two games. Uh, this could be bad,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but um, they they currently sit in fourth for the time being. So, you know, two months ago, now by the time this this comes out, who who knows what will happen with, with <clears throat> Milan yeah. and Lazio? But yeah, I mean, frankly, two or three months ago, this was difficult to envision that they'd be sitting in fourth, but I just, I still think they have major, major flaws. Now, we know Fazio was bad yesterday. I, I think that's a given at this point. Did you think Olsen could have done better on both shots? Because oh, I, yeah. I, I frankly I thought, think yeah. he should have done better.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought he had a good first half, but on that second goal, especially, it just, he, he seemed very slow, kind of like he didn't expect it. So definitely he was at fault. He did That wasn't a good game from him. But, yeah, I just, I really think that we are really missing, I mean, it's, I don't like to admit it, but we're really missing De Rossi's um, presence in the middle of the field, because you can put it, you know, you can field any formation you want. You can put Pellegrini out there, you can put the Cristante out there in the back, and they can really perform well, just as they have been for for the past month and a half, two months. But the problem is that they don't provide that extra defensive presence that De Rossi provides. De Rossi is basically like an added center back, you know, and um, and we're just missing that because as good as they've been, and I also like Nzonzi, I like our midfield overall. They just don't have that extra quality that De Rossi has... Uh, has been known for um, in in his recent Roma years. Um, So there is definitely that.
0: Especially, I think, there's a lack of balance when you put Pellegrini out there in that more defensive role alongside Cristante. I mean, it's just very unbalanced. Now, Pellegrini, in my opinion, actually had a good match despite playing a role that, admittedly, he he says he doesn't, you know, he enjoys playing in that more free number 10 role, which I, I don't blame him for at all. But we can move off the negatives just for a minute. I I tweeted this out. It's difficult. Well, not. I understand for a lot of supporters, it's difficult to not get attached to certain players. I myself, I I I, I haven't done that in years. But Zaniolo, holy, <laughs> he is just so good, and it's hard to imagine that he's under twenty years old. He does things a nineteen-year-old is not should not be capable of at all. Oh yeah. And he makes just this and, and we've touched on it in the past. I know you, I'm sure this is something that you like about him most, but the personality he has on the pitch is just for, for so he he shows more personality than players that are 10 to 15 years older than him. It's incredible.
1: It, It is. And also I didn't expect him to be physically so ready. Uh, I mean this was a guy that okay he played at Entella for a while um but he just came from a Primavera team he came from like teenagers and um, we're seeing what, you know, for example, take uh, Bianda, uh, who's having a hard time setting in, even in the Primavera. Mm. Um, and he, Very hard.
0: It, he's, I mean, he's been terrible with the Primavera. Yeah, but... but mean, you, he's looked bad with them.
1: I know, but I'm I'm still going to say that, you know, eight, an eight, 18-year-old defender, it's, it's still understandable. But what I'm saying is that I didn't expect Zaniolo to be so ready physically. I mean, if you watch... Mm. Some of the highlights of his uh, against Torino, it's not even that he has technique or, you know, that he plays hard. It's just that he dominates, you know. He, when he has the bodice feet, it's really hard to get it off. And um, and he's hard to put down. Uh, he just does things and, and is so quick in doing it. You don't expect a player so young as him to to be able to do all of that.
0: Yeah, and I wonder with him just, I mean, frankly, he's playing at the point where you have to play him as much as possible. Pellegrini, in my opinion, had another sensational match. I think you had to play him as much as possible. Pastore clearly is on the outside looking in. I think Di Francesco has a tall task now because he has to, you have to play Pellegrini, you have to play Zaniolo, and I think Cristante has been so good yeah. to the point where I'd say you have to play him too. Shame,
1: yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I agree, and some of the people I follow on Twitter also agree, and it's, uh, and I think uh, Di Francesco knows this, and that's why he mentioned in the post game press conference that. He sees in Zaniolo some qualities that would allow him to be to play up front, um, mm, sort of. Yes,
0: you mentioned on the wing, sort
1: of as a wing. Yes, sort of as like a winger. Like, um, well, let's not come. Okay, but like Gerson played as a winger last year, uh, even though he's a midfield. I think Di Francesco basically wants to do the same with Zaniolo, and I understand because Zaniolo is really quick and unlike. Gerson, he makes very, uh, he's just very quick with the ball at his feet. While Gerson needs like five touches to get started, um, and yeah, it would be certainly an added quality, you know, to to just keep let these guys grow, uh, because if he's performing like this against good Serie A sides, then you know, sky's the limit.
0: So yeah, I I think he's going to have a tall task in front of him integrating all these people. Um, I was curious. What did you think about what Manchi said on the market and what De said on the market? Um, uh, both of them said we'll look for an opportunity, but we'll stay as is. I almost felt like they were warning people not to expect anything.
1: Uh, well, I think it's it's just reasonable because uh probably i'm one of the few people that think that it's better to stay as we are if the players that you're supposed to, you're supposed to bring in would be players you know like last year with jonathan silva you know players that don't add anything to the team um because because that's what roma usually did in these january transfer markets but you know Today, a few hours ago, came out the news from Pagine Romaniste, uh, from uh, uh, from our friend uh, Biafora, that Roma may be trying to get Mancini already in this transfer market window, which is something exciting. I didn't expect it. It's probably going to be close to impossible, especially since Atalanta are rolling right now, and uh, Mancini has been a protagonist so far, and he scored today. But mm-hmm. But I just... <laughs> I'm 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 fine the way we are if you know if the players that if we're going to just get a player just because for the sake of getting a player, you know, um, I just don't think that this Roma would need any more unnecessary purchases or loans, you know.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't. As you said, I wouldn't want to buy anyone just for the sake of buying them it's difficult for me to watch Fazio in this way, match after match. And then you hear Monchi say, well, thankfully the injury to Juan Jesus is not serious. (laughs) And when he, when he says, thankfully, I, you you would hope it's a bit tongue in cheek, but he's actually serious. And that, that shows you the state of the defense. And I think that's a problem. And, I don't know what they can do. As you mentioned, I, I I don't see how they can do that with Mancini, especially because Atalanta, let's be frank, of all the teams fighting for a championship oh, yeah. place, I mean, they've looked the best out of all of them. Um, and and, and, he's, and how- he's
1: not a bench player. He's, <laughs> he's starting, he's scoring, he's the defender with most goals in Serie A. Um, so it's not like we're trying to steal a, a, a
0: secondary piece. It's,
1: it's, mm, it's no, one of the main I, yeah, guys. I mean,
0: yeah, he's crucial to them. Absolutely crucial. So I'm, I'm curious to see what ultimately happens because I, I don't think they're going to do anything. But I tweeted this out as well. I hate the saying when a player comes back from injury that he's <laughs> like a new purchase. I think it's you never get no, anywhere also, else. Also,
1: Monchi said it last year with Emerson. Emerson, Emerson was supposed to be the extra player, and one week later he was sold to Chelsea.
0: Yeah, so I, I absolutely despise that, but I have to say Karstorp has looked incredible. And it's funny because those first oh, ten man. to fifteen minutes yeah. yesterday, he was beaten like like he like he stole something from a store. <laughs> I I mean, he was horrible. Ola I know was just blowing by him. But at and the 20th he started minute tweeting mark, I mean, and something happened. Like, <laughs> Yeah, right. Yes, of course, there's a curse. But um, I mean, just like the switch came on and he looked incredible. I have to say you could have made the case he was one of the best on the pitch yesterday. Uh, Easily,
1: I would put him, you know, it's uh, he had um, I thought he had a good game. And I also tweeted this out. Somebody I exchanged. Uh, I just said, you know, if I'm supposed to pick out of three fullbacks who commit the same exact defensive mistakes. I will still pick Karsdorp to start from what I've seen in these last two games because at least he provides actually good offensive play, um, which is not something you can count on, on on Florenzi, for example. So yesterday I thought, you know, Karsdorp was tremendous after those initial 15, 20 minutes, and um, he had that great through ball. That's something that he did. That in, was in, incredible. Yeah, that's what he did yeah. in Feyenoord and also that defensive play where he basically ran to the other side of the pitch. That's again if you watch some of his highlights some of his games in Feyenoord, uh, that's what he did. He's like a, like a, like a train that just pushes forward and 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 is like an added um attacker. Uh so it's great to see him in this shape considering, you know, how much he's been through and all the transfer market rumors. And I hope this is another headache for Di Francesco. Who, who's who, you know who's going to be the starting fullback from
0: now on? I mean, thirty days ago, it was almost a certainty that he that he was going to return on loan, yeah. Uh, yeah, to Holland on loan, and it, he seemingly turned it around to sort of uh, go on what you said. I mean, if he's playing like this, you know, my my Feelings on Florenzi are quite known. I don't think he's good at fullback. In fact, I think he's terrible at fullback. He's been there five seasons and he still can't put in a proper cross. Um I mean, if Karsdorp plays like this, I, I mean, I you he has to be your first choice. I mean, he offers so much more. Now, both of them, in my opinion, in defense, they need a lot of work. Well, a lot yeah, with yeah, Karsdorp, I think
1: he can work on that. It, Florenzi, not anymore.
0: Yeah, I almost feel like Florenzi is like the old dog who you can't teach a new trick to, Um, especially yeah. in that fullback yeah. role. He just hasn't grown. Now, I don't know if he could potentially move to the midfield or maybe he, you know, we, we've we seen him, I believe, once or twice this season back in attack where he's done quite well. So in that sense, you get a fullback, you get an extra attacker. I think he could certainly help, especially considering Genghis. He just had the injury. Um, we don't know. Well, I. I-
1: yeah, Bielfranis like. said that you know it looked like a muscle injury, and it will probably take around three weeks, something like that. From so you know, mm. certainly there, we're going to need. We're th- that's why I think Di Francesco said something about Zaniolo moving up forward. It just seems like he doesn't trust fully trust Clivert on that right side, and he he would prefer, to the extent that he would prefer having Zaniolo up there.
0: Cliver just doesn't express himself very well on the right. I, I don't know why. It, unless I'm mistaken, I think both of his goals have come when he was on the left. In the yeah, Champions League, yeah, he was on the true. left.
1: Yeah, against Genoa, also, also, yeah.
0: Right. So I, I just, I don't know. There's something about him being on the right. He's not able to express himself. But then again, you have El Shadawi come back into the fold. And while I didn't think he did great, I thought that was a really tidy finish that he had. And... It, that says everything about the season thus far. I yeah. mean, he's the yeah, leading goal. Scorer. Yeah, we've talked about <laughs> so. when the leading
1: goal scorer is El Char, you you should worry. Yeah. yeah.
0: Now, speaking of the attack, I have to say I was beyond annoyed with oh, chico yeah. yesterday. His attitude. Let's talk about that. Let's 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 talk about this because I've been waiting to get into this. When he first off, he was wearing the captain's armband, and when he's out there moaning and whining like a child about a wayward pass or his teammate losing the ball, I can't tell you how much that gets under my skin, especially considering how many opportunities and chances he wasted yesterday. He easily yeah, could have had two yeah, goals. He to passed the ball to,
1: to straight to Siriku, and it's oh, I that mean, that was terrible. I've, I've heard so much, so much about Sheik. His attitude, everything. I've heard everything. I've heard everything. I've heard that you know we we should just sell him, uh, that he's no good for, for you know to lead Roma, uh, you know. And 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 then this is the starting uh, striker, the, the a guy who who's been having a dreadful season, and nobody seems to be talking about it. And, and then even Di Francesco. Just doesn't seem like he's open to criticizing him. The most he says is, "Jaco uh, needs to find the goal." That, that's it. That G- all Jaco needs to do is score a goal. Well, great, but you know he's he's played, um, you know, so many games uh, from that starting spot. He's got two goals. That's it. Um, I can name you so many other players. I mean, even for Christ's sake, even Fazio has more goals than than uh, than jeko and the worst thing, again, is that, you know, we criticized ship for his attitude for coming on, you know, blah, blah, blah. But then you look at Dzeko as a starting forward. What's his attitude? I mean, yesterday he was beyond terrible. If you watch the, the third goal uh, where Pellegrini passes it to El Shirawi, I mean, Dzeko was so angry when the pass didn't go to him which is you know i yeah. understand it's understandable like it's understandable that he will react that way but he should be giving his his teammates a reason you know uh to pass him the ball because so far everything that he gets that even looks l- remotely clean he wastes it so uh, this is this needs to be addressed i don't understand why Di Francesco, who's been so cruel, and really, I mean, whenever Sheik does something, even right, he will still find a way to uh,
0: just drop him. <laughs> he scores two and, goals and, and has an he assist said, against Natala, and then he said he should have, uh, he should have scored more. Where, where um, is this
1: same treatment for an experienced, uh, um, the, the you know, the leading goal scorer of Serie a two seasons ago? Where is the criticism?
0: And it's funny because if people remember to last season, very, very early, where it took Dzeko quite some time to really get rolling with the goals, he gave this press conference and I forget which match it was, but I know it was in September, October, where he basically says, I don't like the way we're playing. Um, I'm not getting enough touches. I want to say it was after the the draw against Atletico. There was something yeah that he said that it's not easy to play in the 4-3-3. Right, right. And... I just have to say, it's it's so annoying to see this double standard in the way Di Francesco ch- – and and granted, this, this may be only with the media. We don't know what goes on at Trigoria behind closed doors, but I, I have to say, I find it so annoying. Schick is I, – I have to say, this might be the best moment of Schick since he arrived. That pass that he had yesterday, it won't go down as an assist, but that so opened fantastic. up that entire goal it for El so- It was smart. It was, it was a and it was just pass. pure
1: instinct. Just he didn't even look. Just passed it beautifully. Opened up the whole lane. Sucked in half of the defense. And you know it's the little things that Jaco stopped doing because at least if you think about it, last year when he was having that kind of goal-scoring drought at the beginning of the season, where yes he would score uh, once or twice against the likes of Benevento, but then he was quiet. He still you know helped build up the play um, and right now he's just useless uh, there is no way of, of, of uh, no other way of describing it he's been useless and I think he's been detrimental to the team and also another thing I don't know if people have heard the um, the press conference before the game Di Francesco openly said yes I'm thinking about uh, the starting spot for the for the striker I don't know if it's going to be Dzeko Uh, I think it's going to be Jekyll, although he's not feeling too well. Like, uh, you know, you you have a young striker who's really getting started and and doing some great things out there. And then you have a a, a striker that is perhaps not injured, but not 100% fit. And you still feel the the, the injured one? I mean, you know, what's...
0: (laughs) What's the problem? It's bizarre. It's very bizarre. I think, well, he's going to leave in the summer, and I'll just leave it at that. He is going to leave, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. From what I've been told uh, on Sky, they said they're either going to sell him in the summer or let his contract expire, which is not this upcoming summer, but the next one. I, I mean, I, I think he's going to leave. I think he'll go to China for a season, then maybe retire or return to Germany. I don't know. But I think he's going to leave, which I'd be curious to see because we haven't seen it. Why, I think if, if Schick is in this moment right now where he's enjoying his football. He looks, you can just tell he doesn't look burdened by, by the pressure. I, I, I'm just confused as to why you wouldn't just run, give him a run right now. You have nothing to lose because Dzeko is offering nothing.
1: Nothing to lose, exactly. And yesterday, I mean, that pass from him, that's not a pass that Schick makes uh, a few months ago. That's not, it's, um, a few months ago, he would just drive towards goal, probably, you know, can get stopped by a defender. And again, that's a pass uh, by done by a player who clearly has just a a clear, free mind right now, and it's a good moment for him. So keep the momentum. The same way you kept momentum for Dzeko in the past season when he was doing wonders in the Champions League. I I understand he's a great, great striker. He's been magnificent for this uh, whole club and is one of the club's leading goal scorers, but... (laughs) You have to understand when it's when 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 you actually have to work towards the benefit of the team, not the individual.
0: And it's funny because Pastore is available, and (laughs) Di Francesco has no problem paying playing uh, Zaniolo over him. But when it comes to Schick, I'm just confused as to why he feels this need to to just jam Jekyll in there time after time after time. Even when it's very clear that it's not working, I, I just—if you're sick, I—I I, I can only imagine how confusing it must be. Um, so, yeah, I—I I, I agree with you. It's bizarre. I—I I don't know. I—I I really don't know what to make of it. It's—it's it's a very confusing situation.
1: I mean, I, I just as as cruel as cruel as it sounds. I'm. I'm I'm actually looking forward towards a Roma that doesn't have Dzeko as because I think that's also a burden to have such a high paid player such an experienced one one that has done all these wonderful things over the these last few years with the club and now he's in a bad moment and what do you do you know do you take away do you put him on the bench and and watch as this guy you know suffers and has this bad moment or Yeah, it's it's just I think it's a tough moment for him, and it's a a difficult decision to make for Di Francesco and for the sporting director.
0: I agree. So I think we've covered most of the ground. Um, Atalanta coming up this weekend. Obviously, we'll we'll talk again before the match. But just your gut reaction. Easily, this is going to be a big, 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 big match for Roma. Certainly, extremely difficult though. What like right now? What's your early instinct?
1: I'm 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 <laughs> I'm not gonna say I, I'm gonna I'm I'm shitting my pants, but I'm st- <laughs> because I've already said it many times, so I'm I'm not gonna repeat myself. But I'm pretty I'm pretty scared from what I've seen from Atlanta. Uh, people, I need to keep in mind that we equalized uh, with them. Uh, we came back uh, from being after down going, going up
0: one nil, one within a minute.
1: Uh, uh, exactly and we and we were playing against you know third stringers i mean we we're playing against the primavera players and bench players uh, so and this and this that was at home and this is a way. and it's um the the moment we're having and we know roma's history with duvan zapata i mean the guy basically hates us and he's just doesn't matter what shirt he's wearing he's gonna eat Manolas and Fazio alive mm. so that's another scary thought because the Fazio I've seen right now uh, can it not even handle an Nantella player and Manolas wasn't looking very comfortable with, uh, oh, with Zapata last game I remember Zapata blew by him he, yeah, yeah completely he, bullied him so
0: yeah
1: I, I I'm not having a good feeling on this, John. I think I think we're gonna be tested. I think this is the game that, you know, really can can kind of give us a full idea if Roma are really going through a, a positive moment or not.
0: I agree. I think it's going to be very difficult. I would be elated. I would be absolutely ecstatic if they could pull out a draw. I won't hold my breath, but I think that'd be a fantastic result because again Uh, Lazio, Milan, uh, their next couple of weeks are are very difficult. So I think Roma need to take advantage. So I think we will leave it here, Andy. Uh, We will reconvene later in the week and talk a bit more about the match then. All right. So that was Roma 3, Torino 2. And now let me bring on Emery Serrigu to discuss Cengiz Under. All right, Emery is here with me now. Uh, we're going to discuss a variety of topics, but let's let's start, Emery, with um, Cengiz Under. What have you made of this season so far? I've been impressed with Cengiz. I've been impressed
2: by how far he's come, the transition he's made mm. from playing in the Super League because he wasn't at a major club. He yeah. was at Basakshir here. Yeah. And before that, he was at Altonordo. So... It's a big leap going from two clubs which don't have a major fan base, which are not global clubs, to go to the Serie A top five league and one of the strongest clubs in that league. And to see just how far he has come is pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, and I don't think anybody would would doubt um, just how important he's been. Uh, especially this season. Uh, Last season we saw several times where he saved Roma single-handedly. I I think one thing people have had complaints with, um, he tends to drift in and out of matches. um, And when he makes a mistake, you can really tell it weighs on him. Uh, Particularly, uh, he missed that sitter against Madrid, and you could just tell he was devastated by that. Do you think, you know, obviously he has to work on some things, but what are the areas you think he has to improve on? Well, I think
2: he could do with a bit of work on his decision making mm. with aspects of the technical side of his game because his I mean as I said the clubs that he came from and and the league he was at the level he was playing at um, it, it wasn't at the same level as what what he's what he's had to get what he's had to get used to now in mm. this area are so I, I think there's definitely aspects to the technical side of his game that he could do with improving on uh, and also his tactical understanding. I think sometimes he makes, he, he doesn't go for the, the simple, the obvious pass. Sometimes I think he tries to do a little too much. And I sure. think knowing when to do, when, when to use his technical ability, when to use his skills and when to find a simple pass to set of a teammate i think that's going to be important for him and also how he cuts in from the wing i mean mm. i think he's got more goals in him if he works on his finishing yes because uh, i agree for, for some reason he's tends to be better from shooting from outside the area than shots you'd expect him to finish <laughs> from six yard box yeah
0: yeah, that, that's I, I couldn't have said it better myself. That's I, I, I think that's somewhere he definitely has to improve in. So, uh, you and I um, over the summer, we we were in touch quite a bit. Um, he switched agents. Now we had his old agent on here before. You know, you knew his old agent quite well. Um, now he switched agents. Obviously, he's with a more well-renowned uh, agent. Um, wh- what do you make of that? Wh- uh, why did he do that? Do you think it has to do with money? And I know a lot of people will see this as ultimately him sort of uh, uh, getting his ducks in a row uh, ahead of a big, big move. Is that is that how you see it, or what did you make of all that? I mean, it was unfortunate because
2: his previous agent did help with putting him on, on putting him on the map, getting him to move to Roma. And the actually here, and they've been together for a long time. But um, this is this is the world of players and football agents. I mean, players leave the agents all the time, and yeah. it's a pretty yeah. cutthroat world. And nothing that really happens surprises me anymore when it comes to players and agents, because there's yeah. lots that go on behind the scenes. With I mean, um, division maybe they have for a player, what the player feels. So there's lots of um. Issues that could have happened, personal issues. But, um, I mean, as you said, the agent he's with now, I think he, the way, from his perspective, he may be thinking, I want to move to, well, I want my next step to be a another major club. Mm. So maybe he thought this would ease his well increases chances but um i mean overall it's it's his personal decision it's a shame how it happened but um we'll, we'll see what happened next
0: yeah and and i failed to mention it's uh ramadani everybody knows this guy he's he's up there with uh you all the big names um so given that given what you just said given uh how well you knew his old agent you know jangis as well um Do you think this summer is shaping up for a big move? Because, frankly, I think it is. But you may have a different opinion.
2: No, I totally agree. I think, um, I mean, he's not going anywhere in January. But a summer move right now is looking pretty likely. And, I mean, in my opinion, and I think the way Roma are looking at it, it's going to be a win-win. Because Genghis is on low wages and they have him on the contract until 2022 so if they do get say over 50 million euros as they currently value him which i think is pretty fair in this market if not a little undervalued um it's gonna be a substantial profit and everyone's gonna leave happy from the table
0: yeah i agree um You've been reporting on it extensively. Uh, again, everybody, Turkish-Football.com. Um, certainly, this looks like the Premier League is next, no?
2: Well,
0: if he leaves Roma, he does want
2: it to be the Premier League next. But um, I'll say this, Bayern Munich are very serious in him. And I would not be surprised if they made a very attractive bid at the end of the season. Hmm.
0: The word yeah, from his
2: it. people now is that um, Bayern are very serious, but they have also said three Premier League sides are interested, um, who have a serious interest. no offers or anything concrete yet to speak of in terms of if he'll actually be going there, but those clubs are Arsenal, Tottenham and Manchester United.
0: So would you entirely rule out a renewal?
2: I wouldn't, because... He is happy at Roma, and he settled into the team. He's a first-choice player. Um, I think he gets on well with the fans. He likes the city. He's adapted well because that was a major issue in the beginning. If you remember, he took a while to set to win.
0: Yes. yes.
2: It was his first major move abroad, and he... I mean, right now, he... He he's happy. I mean, that's very important for a player, especially if you don't have family or friends in a new city. It's difficult to set to win, and he's achieved that now. So if Roma were to say, "Look, how about you stay for another season or two, and we can increase your salary," I think he would be up for it. But I think the way things are going now, the 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 word coming out from his camp. And what I hear from him is that it, this, I mean, it's looking like an end-of-season move is likely.
0: Yeah, I frankly, I, I agree with you. I think, obviously, a lot of it has to do with uh, with where Roma ultimately finishing the table. If they don't qualify for Champions League, certainly, I would say it's almost a, a certainty. But, uh, again, you you know him well. You know uh, people around him well. How important, though, is the playing time? because. Uh, one thing that roma they've they've gotten a lot wrong recently in recent years particularly with player transfers um but with this manager as well i mean they have at least shown that they will give young players an opportunity do you think that will factor in at all because certainly i would like to think that an opportunity at roma um is probably more likely uh, to get 30 40 matches in a season as opposed to an arsenal or a a Spurs or a Manchester United?
2: Definitely. I think Roma have shown that they're willing to give youth a chance. And, I mean, they show that with Jengiz in there. Because, I mean, let's be honest here. Not many clubs from a top five league will take a player like Genghis and just and bring him into the first team
0: mm.
2: at the age that he was and the club that he was at. Right. I mean, they, it was a risk. It was a risk. And Monti and the manager and the management deserve a lot of credit because they saw potential in a player from a league where most other clubs would not have. So I think it's, it's been good for Roma and the player. And I think long term, Roma are going to tap into the talent that is coming out of Turkey um before the other clubs and other leagues catch on
0: um so Emery again thank you so much as i said nobody else i'd rather have on to uh, discuss turkish football you're the best everyone turkish-football.com you can find him on twitter as well at turkish underscore football and then the number one Emery, you're the best thank you thank you very much john All right, we're going to leave it there for this episode. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. Thank you to all of our wonderful patrons at Patreon. If you would like to become a patron of the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash Roma Press or go to the support page at the top of romapress.us. So uh, again, thank you for listening. It is greatly, greatly appreciated. If you could do us a huge, huge favor, because this obviously helps us massively with our ratings in the iTunes store. If you could leave us a rating, I'm hoping that it would be a five-star rating um, in the iTunes podcast uh, section. That would be greatly, greatly appreciated. Again, it really helps our podcast and allows us to hopefully continue to deliver a quality podcast that I I truly hope you enjoy. So we're going to leave it there. Again, I will be back along with Andy later in the week to discuss the big, 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 big match at the weekend against Atalanta. So I will talk to all of you soon, and until next time, ciao.